Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let us turn to the G20. Finance ministers and central bank governors are discussing food prices, energy security, debt distress at their meeting in India this week. Inflation is another key theme with global policymakers increasingly diverging on their approach to the issue and reporting divergent inflation statistics, perhaps. Bloomberg's Menika Doshi joins us. She's at the summit and is joined by a guest. Menka. Amongst the many points that you raised, one of the key issues under consideration at the G20 is the reform of multilateral development banks. And I have with me the president of the World Bank, Ajay Banga, to talk just about the progress that all MDBs, but specifically the World Bank, has made on that part. Mr. Banga, I'll get straight to the two key issues that you raised in your speech earlier this morning, and that has to do with expanding the financing capacity of the World Bank. And you said there's progress that's been made on two recommended measures in several reports. One is a portfolio guarantee mechanism. Can you share with us the mechanics of this, the kind of money it could unlock? So I don't yet know how much money it will unlock because it depends how much people are willing to put into it. Right. But the idea is, in this part of this whole evolution roadmap, was to find a way to sweat the balance sheets of the capital that had already been given to the bank so that shareholders could say that their capital is being used to the fullest extent possible. So one of the ways to do that was already announced in the spring meetings, which was to reduce the loan-to-equity ratio from 20 to 19%. That tends to unlock somewhere between 30 and 40 billion dollars of lending over a decade, maybe a little higher. Uh, the portfolio guarantee scheme is the next idea. And the idea here is, let's say I've got a portfolio of lending either in a particular vertical type of lending mm -hmm. or in some country. And sovereign countries are willing to say, I will guarantee the repayment of that portfolio. And so I'll take that off your risk. Effectively, you're freeing up that much lending capacity for me to go into the next project in a lower-income country or in a country that cannot afford the financing themselves. That can tend to unlock for every billion dollars of portfolio guarantees that sovereigns give me. I can lend another six to seven over the course of 10 years. Okay. So imagine if I get you know $5 billion of portfolio guarantees, you're talking about 30 to $40 billion of lending capacity over a decade. If I understand this correctly, it's a work around the fact that many of your shareholders at this point in time are reluctant to put more money on the table. A guarantee does not require you to put capital up front. Yes, so the real issue is that they're willing to take risks in the system. Got it. But to be able to get capital out front, they have to go through legislative processes. Yeah. And the reality of the, the world today, I mean, debt issues and economic issues affect everybody. The world's just recovering from the pandemic. Fiscal headroom hmm. in the world, even in the developed world, is Absolutely. So this is a way to find a route around. The other second instrument that you spoke of is a hybrid capital instrument. Again, same question. Same How much money idea. can it unlock? Uh, well, it's the same idea of getting around. And doesn't involve or uh, crowding private sector well, no, participation? No, not, not, this this one. Yet. not this one. You can. So this is basically the idea is a debt issuance. Mm -hmm. But the debt is treated like hybrid capital because of the fact of where it's created in the risk hierarchy of getting paid back. It's you know, subordinated only at a certain 
certain level. So what it does is it allows for the rating agencies and others to treat this hybrid capital like capital. That's why the word hybrid. Okay. Now, they don't allow $10 to be treated as $10 of capital. There is a ratio they apply. But again, if you gave me a dollar of hybrid capital, I could free up 6 to $7 billion of lending over the course of a decade. So it's the same multiplier like a portfolio guarantee. But, and it also resolves to some extent the conversations you've been having with rating agencies. It does Is help that the correct? rating and agencies. And you, uh, allow you to retain your AAA rating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, all this conversation has to be had. So the question really is, We've got these instruments, you know, the loan-to-equity ratio, the hybrid capital idea, the idea of the portfolio guarantees. Now the issue is what can the shareholders do in the bank to contribute to these? And then the next question will be, where do you get the private sector involved? I was in just going to ask you that. Where do you get the private <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> can you answer it as well? Sure. So private capital can be used in two ways. One way is to actually invest in projects and invest in the things out in, the, on, in developing areas. And I'll talk about that in a minute. The specific part of it is, can they contribute into the bank in some mm -hmm. way? Traditionally, the way private capital or donor capital has come in, is through trust funds. Mm. So the bank has something called the Global Public Goods Fund. Mm. And the idea is to allow that to be opened up to people to contribute to it so I can get concessional capital from it. Okay. So what I'm trying to lay out here is if I give you money for constructing something that you need for your society, but if the money is basically priced at market value, you may still take it from me for two reasons. One, like a stamp of good housekeeping. And two, I may be able to give you longer tenor money, 30 years and 40 years. But where I really benefit you is when I can give it at a cheaper price, all the way down to a free grant if you're a country that cannot afford to pay anything for it. Okay. And that's the scale of how you allocate this money out. That idea of concessional capital is key to unlocking the pathway for development for many lower-income countries. Okay. And essentially, IDA, which is the lower-income lending arm right. of the bank, is designed to provide concessional capital, while IBRD is designed to get closer to the market level, and then IFC is private sector kind of pricing. So who, what kind of private entities are you hoping will participate in this? What kind of amounts are we even talking about? Philanthropies and private companies both will be able to if they wish to. And, uh, and have you scoped so, out so what kind of money is potentially no, available for this? No, I don't know yet this? because this is early okay. days. Okay. In my six weeks, I haven't had a chance to figure that out, as okay. you know. But I will say, uh, you know, look at India. India has this brilliant 2% uh, of corporate profits to be given to CSR. That's right. Uh, what if that were allowed to be funding these kinds of things for investing in India? That could open up a completely different thing. Now, that's a policy issue. I can't be the one deciding it. It's for India to decide. And I don't mean this to be putting pressure on India. Because in reality, other countries could do this too. Right. Instead of raising corporate taxes in another country, why don't you say that the money could be best used to transform a global public good that matters to you? It could be climate. It could be food insecurity. It could be, you know... Uh, getting heat-resistant varieties of seeds for the changing climate. It could be what works for you. It's just worth thinking through okay. whether we are looking at all the avenues to unlock capital creatively to make a difference. And this speaks to your broadened mission for the World Bank. But since we're here at the G20, let me ask you one quick question about the G20 as well before I run out of time with you. Um, where are we on the conversation regarding resolution of debt for low- and middle-income countries, but specifically low-income countries? Uh, the Zambia resolution, does it set a precedent? Uh, do we know what... China finally agreed to, yeah. and whether it will keep coming back to the negotiating table for yeah. other countries as well. Well, I think that what China did was it did cooperate on Zambia. 
<laughs> at the end of the day, the sovereign debt roundtables that the IMF and World Bank had under the G20 Common Framework did bring a resolution for Zambia just while we were in Paris the other day. There's hard work that happens behind the scenes. It's a bit like a duck on water. You know, the, you don't really see the feet flapping. The next important ones are Ethiopia, Ghana, and eventually we've got to work and on And that's others. the question. Will China come back to the table for that? I think they're willing to engage. Whether the model, you asked the question earlier, is this a precedent? I wouldn't use the word precedent because the circumstances of these countries are different. There may be a model that you can use in terms of how we approach it, but I don't think you can create a precedence. Each country has a different mix of debt and a different circumstance around bilateral debt versus commercial debt. I think you've got to be careful about just hoping that somehow this is a spreadsheet that will now just roll out. I don't think that's our level. Mr. Banga, thank you for speaking with us. Right now, I'm going to hand it back to Anna. Anna, it's back to you. Menka, thank you very much. Bloomberg's Menka Doshi at the G20 Summit in India. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.